0: Your hosts, Brian Fry, Chad Robinson, and Russell Guest. Coming now to Headphones in Your Ears.
1: Welcome, all you lords, ladies, and knights to the Retro Movie Roundtable. Welcome to the show where we watch movies and then talk about them. Joining me today is my good friend and co-host, Chad Robinson. How are you doing, sir?
2: I'm doing just fine today, sir.
1: And back from his paternity leave, that's right, he's a daddy now, Brian Fry from Spokane, Washington. How are you doing, sir?
0: I am doing well. Actually well-rested as well. That's a lot of wells.
1: Wait, you're well-rested? I'm well-rested at the moment. Oh, so that means you've had two hours of sleep then. (laughs) Recently. Okay. All right, then. Yeah, Uh, I was going to say, the next thing you're going to be like, yeah, this kid thing's easy, so.
2: (laughs) It it is. They they lull you into a sense of Self-assurance, you're like, I've got this, and then they change.
1: But we can't let this turn into the dad podcast. We've got to bring on somebody else. You've heard him very recently on the show from California, Andrew Newman. How are you doing, sir?
3: I'm doing fantastic and uh, still baby free, unlike all
2: of you. (laughs) Enjoy the money.
3: Let's break the ice here. What's the
1: last movie you saw? The town. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's Very a 2010 good. movie. Very in keeping with the theme. So, uh, did you enjoy it?
3: I did. Jeremy Renner is a fantastic actor, and oh, that's a good, interesting take. He he's just fun to watch in anything. Can we quickly name three movies where we liked
0: the other guy other than Ben Affleck?
2: <laughs> good Will Hunting. I mean, Good Will yeah, Hunting definitely <laughs> has
1: to be on that list. That's at the top of them.
2: Uh, Dogma.
3: Well, yeah. Chasing Amy. <S-A-W- S-A-W->
2: I mean, every everyone in Daredevil except for Colin Farrell?
3: <laughs> hey, 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 let's not take shots there. I'm a fan of both Ben Affleck and Colin Far- Farrell in Daredevil.
2: Oh, so, uh, yeah, podcast listeners, be warned. You're in for some bad opinions from Andrew tonight. Wow, Chad's
0: coming in hot F you, Andrew. How about how about Charlie Hunnam in Triple Frontier?
1: Yeah.
2: I like Josh Hartnett in Pearl Harbor better.
0: Oh, yeah. Throw daggers. I, I, I'll, I'll give you that one. But now, what is the last movie you saw, Brian? Greyhound with Tom Hanks, and I've watched it like seven times.
1: I'm assuming you've enjoyed it if you're on your seventh time through.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, the one benefit, and this was already kind of happening, so I'm not going to put this on COVID, but one benefit to being home and having multiple streaming services, I've really gotten to enjoy and appreciate and really thank most of these streaming services for having just top-notch uh, production like the stuff they're cranking out is good yeah
2: until dis disney plus wants 30 dollars for mulan that's right ah, take goes.
0: my money man take my money oh i don't know if i'm gonna pay it for mulan i'm just saying that if they were like we're gonna drop five seasons of the mandalorian we'd like a hundred dollars a month i'd be like yep here's 100
3: bucks
2: <laughs> thanks
3: disney disney thankfully does not listen to this podcast so they don't get any stupid ideas like that <laughs> <laughs> they're just gonna charge me
1: Chad, what about you? What's your last movie you saw?
2: I watched uh, 2020's uh, Peninsula, which is the su- sequel to Train to Busan, uh, 2016's Korean zombie movie.
1: Wow, you are hitting the horror hard this year. So how did that go?
2: I could see people appreciating the shift, but Train to Busan is just, it's the best zombie movie of the last decade, easily.
0: Have you watched The Kingdom yet?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm enjoying that right now.
2: This one had a shift into more Hollywood and action. It wasn't, it's not Train to Busan, but you could still have a good time with it.
1: And the last movie that I saw was Unstoppable. Pennsylvania movie.
2: Yeah, filmed in Pittsburgh.
1: Yep. Favorite headline from 2010. So what what is your funny or favorite news story that you enjoyed that happened in 2010, Andrew?
3: The decision. The time, it seemed so important and people from Cleveland were so angry at LeBron, and then after he goes to Miami and then comes back and wins him a title, people from Cleveland got a lot less hate in their heart than they said they were going to have.
1: Fry, what about you? What's your favorite headline from 2010?
0: I wouldn't say it's something I enjoyed, so it's not really a favorite, but the whole downfall of Tiger Woods was pretty engrossing. I don't think I watched it with uh, the animosity some people did, but more of a disappointment in someone who is very entertaining to watch really lose it. That and basically anything that Kanye West did.
1: I haven't seen a collapse on the golf course like that since Happy Gilmore was taunted by the guy in the weeds saying, (laughs) (laughs) Jackass! Now, Chad, what about you? What's your favorite headline from 2010?
2: I'm going to antagonize Russell here, but the uh, Los Angeles Lakers defeat the Boston Celtics that to win can their 16th be your title. Favorite.
1: That can't be your favorite headline. You're a Spurs fan. You have to turn your Spurs fan card in if you do that.
0: Hey, Chad, Chad that was a back-to-back, too, right? Back-to-back. <laughs> I, think it,
2: I think it was a
0: back-to-back. you can get joy out of your pain, he you can love that joy.
1: That is literally one of my least favorite finals ever. We'll get to that later. And that so. just
2: makes it better. It really does.
1: All because we lost Kendrick Perkins.
2: <laughs> sure. <laughs>
1: uh, my favorite headline from the 2010 catalog is the KFC Double Down Sandwich. It is the purest American moment. It is, it is the pinnacle of excess in America. It is a fried chicken slab with bacon, cheese, and another fried chicken slab making a quote-unquote sandwich. And uh, I don't know where the heart attacks were at the end of twenty by late 2010, but I'm sure they were going up.
0: Pat and Oswald called that sandwich the Caligula of fast food.
1: 2010 was also the year of Lady Gaga's meat dress, and that meat dress had less meat in it than the double down sandwich for KFC.
2: That's my biggest regret. I didn't get to the double down before it went away. You didn't double down? Like I will take that to my grave.
3: We're gonna live longer now because neither of us had it. <laughs> So the proper way to do a double down is you order it, but it needs to be if it came out at a similar time of year or they still had it when the McRib was out. And then you take the McRib and you put it in between the two chicken breasts. That's how you do a double down sandwich.
2: Mm. I, you know, I, Fry, I get your point, but is it really living when you've missed out on this?
3: <laughs> Thank you, Chad. Thank you.
0: I think you really miss out on living if you don't take the double down and then dip it in a KFC famous bowl. oh (laughs) that's just being excessive (laughs) now what movie from 2010
1: did you not see but you wanted to andrew repo men Mm, Okay. okay okay yeah good choice and brian what movie from 2010 did you not see but you wish you had
0: i actually have two that i was fairly uh disappointed in myself for not seeing but part of me just can't bring myself to watch them because i'm not sure how much i care uh it's uh 100, 127 hours and uh monster oh Little monster yeah. was rough <laughs> I, I i made i made conscious decisions at the time that i knew what happened in 127 hours and i didn't really need to watch that plus i was rock climbing at the time so i was like i don't need to put myself through that monster i was like hey good for charlize theron i don't need to watch that
2: yeah yeah, that was that was a rough one.
1: Brian heard she wasn't pretty in that and he said, I'm not watching that. <laughs> so Chad, what movie did you not see in twenty ten but you wanted to?
2: I really wanted to see the fighter. I, I like the cast, I like the director, and just never got around to it.
1: I'd I'd try and make that happen. It's a good one. Now, uh Brian Tolk took mine, I was definitely gonna say 127 hours. It's the only one from the best picture category I didn't see. Like Brian, I just the guy doesn't I don't know that I want to watch 90 minutes of a guy cutting his arm off.
0: This may disqualify this podcast in some people's minds, given the the publicity and popularity of that movie. But can we also remember that James Franco was also like heavily overdoing it at that time? Like where if you saw another James Franco movie, you might have had to shoot yourself in the face.
2: <laughs> Counterpoint to Russell's, Russell's statement about cutting arm off, saw 90 minutes of cutting foot off. Yeah, but
1: I'll
0: that was a like really that. good 90 minutes of cutting yeah, a foot off. I was going to yes. say
1: that, that was a very well written 90 <laughs> minutes. Um, uh, yeah.
0: So, apolo- apologies to everybody. We didn't see a couple hallmarks here. We understand he chops his arm off. Got it.
2: Oh, but wait till you see the movies we have seen, and then you can be disappointed in us.
1: <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> All right. So, just to catch people up, if you hadn't caught the drift of some of the things we're talking about, It is 2020 when we're talking about this, but we're going back in time. We're looking at 2010. And so to put you back in 2010, this is the year of the BP oil spill where they dump over 260 gallons of crude oil into the Gulf of Mexico. That sucked. Haiti had a gigantic earthquake, which the death toll was over 230,000 people. That sucked. President Obama withdrew troops from Iraq, uh, but left about 50,000 non-combat troops. So it wasn't totally out of there. But anyway, uh, he pulled people out of Iraq. That was cool the burj khalifa is the new world's tallest building and uh, it is still the world's tallest building so that was that was a good, great thing and uh, the ipad debuts and immediately becomes the hottest gift of the year so people still have apple craze at this point the new orleans saints win the super bowl over the indianapolis colts uh,
0: don't-
1: Yeah, so there, there are two Colts fans in this podcast, so that, 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 that stings. The Chicago Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup over the Philadelphia Flyers. Thank goodness they saved us from that bullet. Yep.
2: Uh,
1: the Los Angeles Lakers beat the Boston Celtics, and I'm still crying over when Chad brought it up before. Uh, the San Francisco Giants won the World Series over the Texas Rangers, and the 2010 Olympics was held in Vancouver, Canada. Spain wins their first World Cup, and that was held in South Africa. Celebrity deaths include Dennis Hopper, Leslie Nielsen, Gary Coleman, Tony Curtis. Because how do you
3: bring up the World Cup in South Africa and not bring up the vuvuzeles? Come on. those things do you remember how annoying like you oh. annoying those things were This is <laughs> well, the year of the Vvuzelea. you're right. Yeah, And how do you bring that up and not mention that? or like, come on.
1: Katie Sperry uh, dominates the charts that year. She spends a total of 10 weeks at number one with three number one singles, California Girls, Teenage Dream, and Firework. Kesha is also a big uh, hit on the charts. She has nine weeks at number one with TikTok and uh, We Are Who We
0: Are. Dentists around the U.S. said, no, you cannot brush your teeth with Jack Daniels. (laughs)
1: eminem's recovery is the top selling album of the year so eminem is back in a big way but also having a big year on the music scene you've got lady antebellum or now as they're known lady a taylor swift rihanna lady gaga drake and muse and rise against are all having a big year noah and emma are the top baby names of 2010 Back to movies, Avatar is the number one grossing movie in the box office of 2010, but it was released in 2009, so Toy Story 3 is the highest grossing movie that was released, in air quotes, in 2010. So,
2: With that, Chad, do you want to take us through what happened at the Academy Awards? so for best picture we had a couple nominees king's speech 127 hours black swan the fighter inception the kids are all right why was that there Uh, the social network toy story 3 true grit and winter's bone we have covered winter's bone so check that out Uh, but the king's speech won Uh, it also won the golden globe for best director it was tom hooper of the king's speech along with colin firth for best actor our best actress went to Natalie Portman in Black Swan. Best supporting actor and actress came from The Fighter with Christian Bale and Melissa Leo. Our best adapted screenplay is The Social Network. I'm still kinda disappointed it didn't appear or didn't end with uh, Mark Zuckerberg being a robot. Uh, best original screenplay. <laughs> best original screenplay was The King's Speech. Our Best Animated Picture was Toy Story 3. And Inception cleans up the sound category with sound mixing and sound editing. Best Film Editing was The Social Network. Best Cinematography again goes to Inception. Best art direction though went to *Alice in Wonderland*. Visual effects went to *Inception*. Best makeup went to *The Wolfman*. It actually won an award. That's stunning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it needs to be disqualified just on the basis of being a bad movie. But go on. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Go see the, the 40s version. Um. In the third. Best score *Toy Story 3*. Uh, Randy Newman composes *We Belong Together* or best song and best score is the social network
1: and there was a lot of overlap with the golden globes but fry do you want to take the golden globes all, all right, right so
0: a couple, a couple differences, differences we had with the golden globes this year was uh, best director went to david fincher as the social network uh director which i don't know if you guys felt good or bad about social network but i thought it was a highly forgettable movie outside of the soundtrack hot take it. um yeah, best I like that. uh <laughs> I like to drop one right you know, in the middle of something else. Uh, best Drama also went to Social Network.
1: Hmm. Uh,
0: best Actor and Actress uh, mirrored the Oscars on this. Uh, best Musical or Comedy was The Kids Are Alright. Best Actor in a Comedy went to Paul Giamatti. Best Actress in a Comedy went to Annette Benning. Uh, So both supportings go back to the Oscar wins, or Oscar, uh, yeah, Oscar wins. Uh, Best Original Screenplay went to Aaron Sorkin for The Social Network, another guy I really liked just because I was a huge fan of the newsroom. Best Song, uh, You Haven't Seen the Last of Me in Burlesque. Uh, Best Animated went to Toy Story 3, also an Oscar winner.
1: Now, before we get started with these great movies, what's the worst movie from 2010 that you saw? Andrew.
3: Okay, so uh, I've, I've actually got two here. I've got the worst movie that I saw and the worst movie that I didn't see. So the worst movie that I saw is Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> and the worst yes. movie I didn't see yes. is called Furry Vengeance. It's okay. Brendan I, I read about it's, it. it. I read it's about Brendan it, Fraser. So. It is called Furry Vengeance. Go Google it. And then you, I'm pretty sure you'll agree with my decision to not watch it. Regarding Eat, Pray, Love, Fry, please, you want to quickly say why it's such a bad movie? I've got so
0: much hate in my heart for both the book and the movie. You know, the the double standard that this movie creates in my mind of the husband doing everything in his mind to try to keep the woman he loves and the woman being like, hmm, kind of not into it anymore. I'm going to go do the world. If you made a sex swap on this, and it was the guy being like, "I'm not really into this marriage anymore," and piecing out. They would be crucified.
2: It's like Dollhouse that we had to read way back when. This this movie
0: in, infuriated me. Now it
1: wasn't.
2: I'm
0: like I'm like curious now.
2: Like I just
1: want to see like.
0: Well, oh, here's the thing. All right, no, 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 just I don't like the premise of this. It's not a bad movie. I just the, what happens in it is dish like it's preoccupationally distracting for me.
1: what is your what is your worst movie of 2010?
0: I I think I'm going to go with either Avatar the Last Airbender cuz mm-hmm. I I actually went into that kind of curious and hopeful and, and wow. this is why
2: you can't trust sean Milan. it's like eh,
0: I'm going to wait on a <sighs> devil. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll I'll go I'll go Avatar The other one that I saw, and I did see this on streaming service too, was Skyline. Skyline was brutally bad. Chad, what's your worst movie of
2: 2010? Alice in Murderer Land. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This was actually the movie that uh, kind of re-jump-started my dive into horror. Um, It was unfortunately this movie, and it was... B-movie is... Polite. this is a d movie the cheshire cat was literally a girl with a pair of cat ears on they were at a costume party or something it was just it's terrible honorable mention to the nightmare on elm street remake for completely ruining my favorite horror franchise
0: this was a uh that uh alice in murderlands off of a manga book right so it's also a a graphic novel
2: uh, I don't know. I got this one off of Amazon Prime. It was Prime Video and just...
0: I, I think the source material is actually a Japanese comic on this one.
1: Oh. So you guys are going to be proud of me on this one because my worst movie, this is going to throw you for a curveball. I just saw it last night. I cram I crammed for this episode. So I pick up 2010 movies I didn't see uh, in order to get ready for this. And uh, I I was set on giving my worst movie to you again. Turns out... Greenberg starring Ben Stiller is far worse. Uh, I
2: figured Little Fockers would make an appearance here. It, it was a rough year for Ben
1: Stiller. Uh I, you I mean like, like Ben Stiller. Still Still no, I No, no. I I like Ben Stiller and this is this was a hard year for him. Little Fockers that is an example of a third movie that's running out of gas and this uh this this one was depressing it's it is a drama there are bits of humor in it but it doesn't go anywhere if you ever wonder why they don't make normal movies about quote unquote normal dysfunctional people or normal people it's because they're not interesting he's mean he's a debbie downer and he has these outbursts that are unrewarding it's it just there, there's no arc it's actually well shot and there's a great soundtrack that goes with it but it's a half star movie for me. I really didn't enjoy it, and um, you again looks great compared to this. So,
0: Chad, I feel like this is a pinhole into the shroud that Russell's been wearing, and then if maybe we <laughs> introduce him to enough bad Ben Stiller movies, he'll really just like the facade will just strip away from all the other ones that he's loved, and he'll be like, oh no, he really was terrible all along. <laughs> hey,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa,
3: something about Mary. Come on.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you're not you're not taking me away from something about Mary Zoolander, meet, meet the parents, I mean...
0: Well to, hey, well, to quote G.I. Jane, I had a broken watch that was right twice a day. <laughs> uh,
1: all right, let's get into the top 10 movies of 2010. And this is the much-anticipated moment, this is a reminder, there are not any spoilers that will lie ahead, so feel free to just keep listening to this and find out, if you haven't seen these movies... Be interested and check them out. So, uh if not, be free or uh, feel free to write in and tell us why we're wrong and what we should have put on here. So, we love that. So, uh reach out to us on Facebook and email and all those good places. There is a qualifier that Avatar, which while it made the most money, which we mentioned earlier in this, won't be accounted in this. Avatar was a 2009 movie. We talked about it last year. So, It is not included in our 2010 list. So all of these movies are released in the calendar year of 2010. So having said that, we're going to go through this starting at 10 and counting our way down. Andrew, would you want to give us the honor of starting us off at 10? And by the way, if anybody else has Andrew's movie, just say, hold on, and then we'll talk about it later. Much like we've done in the past. So, Andrew, do you want to start us off? What's your number 10 movie of 2010? Black Swan.
2: Hold off on that hold one, up. sir.
1: All right, we're gonna wait on that one. Brian, what's your top ten movie? Or, sorry, what's your number ten movie of twenty
2: ten?
0: My number ten was Leonardo DiCaprio starred in Shutter Island.
2: Hold off on that one, sir.
0: Chad, what's your number ten movie?
2: Hot Tub Time Machine.
0: Hold You're up.
1: Be, oh, yeah. Hold up. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> My number ten movie is Secretariat.
2: You picked the right horse. Yeah. Hey, you get to talk about
0: something because none of the rest of us found it interesting enough to bring up. And Chad nails the first dad joke of the podcast.
1: <laughs> you know, Disney was on uh, pace with a lot of these types of inspiring sports movies like Invincible, I believe The Express, uh, you know. But Secretariat, to me, stands out above a, a number of these. And it got a little bit buried because of Seabiscuit for, for many. But on the other hand, it's just a really good feel-good movie. It's about a woman who's in danger of losing her farm, and so she basically bets it all on a horse to save the farm, and uh, it's an inspiring story. It's a feel-good movie, so uh, if you like movies like The Blind Side, and uh, you kind of like that historical aspect of it, uh, check it out. It's about a true story of a Triple Crown winner.
2: I saw Seabiscuit. I feel like I saw Secretariat. You
3: did not. I, I did see it. I saw it a long time ago, and... For me, it was forgettable and, you know, you could do better things with your time. Wow. Okay. All right. Not off to a
1: good start with Andrew on that one. But Andrew, pick us up here. Number nine for you on 2010.
3: Inception. Hold
1: up. Hold up. Wait on that one. Wait on that one. Brian, what's your number nine movie? Uh, no, my number nine was Winter's Bone. I want to hear a lot about this one. Check out our episode on Winter's Bone just from earlier this year. But Brian, tell us about Winter's Bone now.
0: So Winter's Bone is one of those movies for me that I knew what I was getting into, kind of like with Monster or 127 Hours or really anything where you know it's going to be super depressing going in. Um, This was an exception to the rule for me because usually I I really do go away from movies like this, but I ended up watching it, uh, given its subject matter, and For some reason, this one got me. I I just, I was like, wow, that was an amazing movie. I don't mind watching it more than once. You know, obviously we did it for the podcast, but uh, this is a movie that typically is against the grain for me, and I own it, and I watch it a lot, and that may mean there are others out there that I've vetoed, and I really do need to give them a shot, and this is probably the best argument to use against me to get me to do that.
2: I had no background on this when we did the podcast, so it, w- it was a great movie. That's a good choice.
1: Yep, yep. It's a well-made movie. It's a, it's a heavy subject matter, which probably is the heaviness is what keeps it off here for me. But I'm going to go as far to say as I think this is Jennifer Lawrence's best acting performance. That's fair. Sure. Br- or Chad, what's your number nine movie?
0: Black Swan.
1: Hold up. All right. We'll wait on that one. And my number nine movie is The Social Network.
0: And the floor is yours once more.
1: Okay.
3: Well, I'm the only one with the social network. Honorable mention for me.
1: The social network to me is just cleverly told. I think it's a very interesting way of telling the story through the court scenes that they're in uh, because it's in litigation. uh, And they look back and they tell the story of how Facebook came to be in a far more entertaining way because Jesse Eisenberg is far more charismatic and confident and more interesting to watch. Uh, than the actual real Mark Zuckerberg so uh, (laughs) I think some of the facts might have been disputed but I don't care it's a well-made movie and it's interesting and it's one of those things where at least for us this was an interesting time in history that was changing things the internet was in place and had revolutionized our society but social media was about to completely change the way we interact with each other and it's it's one of those things you don't often think about enough just to think how much this really changed the way we are, and what made it happen? Who is that vision that made it that way, and the story behind that? And I think this movie's going to hold up even well past into the next generation because it's a well-made movie about somebody who built an empire. That started...
0: I I feel bad poo-pooing on this movie sometimes because it wasn't a bad movie. It's not something I ever would care to watch again, but... It's just kind of one of those things that I, I, I watched the whole thing and I was like, okay, thanks for that. Cool soundtrack. <laughs> Done. By the way, come visit us on Facebook at Retro Movie Round Two. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't give it a thumbs up. I, I honestly probably saw it more because I knew Trent Reznor and Atticus did the soundtrack and I'll pretty much listened to any of their soundtracks so i was like okay well let's watch the movie
2: i think for me it's i i don't like mark zuckerberg it still manages to depict him in a decent light i mean there's some scummy stuff but it, it's the same reason i i don't watch any of the jobs movies like i i don't
0: yeah I, I actually haven't seen any of those either so maybe it's like a true tech story thing that i have
2: yeah we haven't done Bill Gates yet, have we?
0: Yeah, I didn't see any of the.
2: I'm looking forward to the new one where Bill Gates is trying to get everyone microchipped and control the world.
3: Andrew, you ready to move on to your number eight? I'm guessing this will be, uh, I'll be surprised if anybody else has this. St. John of Las Vegas. Tell us about that. Uh, so it, is, it came out uh, in January 29. Uh, uh, January 29th, 2010, but I think it had come out to some film festivals before that, so I was double-checking to make sure we were within the release date, but it's an interesting movie with Steve Buscemi and uh, Romani Malco. People might know him from uh, Weeds, and uh, it's a movie about a couple of uh, insurance fraud guys who uh, have some shenanigans going on on a trip out to uh, uh, the area surrounding Vegas, and Steve Buscemi as normal, just as you know, fantastic with quirky roles. And uh, it's just a fun little offbeat movie uh, that just got some really interesting parts and I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's more memorable to me than I think a lot of the movies that came out this year, Uh, where you said uh, the social network's something you'd watch, but you wouldn't necessarily like watch again. This is something that you'd watch and then you might be like, oh yeah, watch this again. So just looking at the cast
0: right now, I'm like, how much is this movie and how do I acquire it? (laughs) <laughs> wait 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 i got a movie that you haven't seen yet no i haven't seen this
1: that's unusual fry's normally the guru of the bunch of had, us had here. anybody else seen this no i haven't heard no. of it for hosting a movie podcast it's not like i see every single movie so
0: no i'm i listen i i love stuff like this because this is this is exciting i can't wait to watch this I uh, I'm
1: inhibited. I'm inhibited by getting to too many movies because I can't watch a movie without talking about it for ninety minutes now. So, um.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> your poor your poor wife.
1: <laughs> um. So, Fry, what's your number eight movie?
0: Uh, my number eight movie, and I'm probably gonna be alone here, is called Remember Me. And I'm gonna get roasted for this, but I'm I got a cop to it.
1: Well, I don't remember Remember Me. What tell tell us about Remember Me?
0: So, Remember Me was kind of a play at brownie points with a wife. Well, then girlfriend. Well, no, we were married at that point. Yeah, all right. Wife. So, anyway. The
3: podcast. So, you were married, but you had a
0: girlfriend go on. (laughs) I took them both because I liked it. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, this movie was about – it's basically a love story. I mean, it's not something that I would ever typically really go for. But it was the first movie I had ever seen Rob Pattinson in that wasn't Twilight. And I was curious to see if he could act. And uh, and that's why it's on my list. I was so surprised by this movie. It was a heartfelt movie. Um, I really like uh, Cooper, who plays uh, the, the girl's dad. And I, I just... This movie took me off guard and I really wanted to kind of pair it next to winner's bone because it, it really went to show me that I should stop judging just based on cast, except where Jared Leto's concerned. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just a point, Jared did Nyle. you say that, did you say that this was the first thing you'd seen Robert Pattinson in that wasn't Twilight or Harry Potter? no
0: i I had to consider it for a second i I do seem to forget Harry Potter uh, sometimes but anyway um, since since then I actually actively look for Rob Pattinson's movies because I enjoy him as an actor uh, the king was fantastic I can't wait for this next Christopher Nolan movie I really want I, i'm I'm happy he's getting out of that shadow and I just hope he keeps doing what he's doing
2: go see the lighthouse right now oh I own it yeah. That was so good.
0: Yep. No, I'm I'm actually excited to see what he does with Batman. Yeah. I, I am too. I, the first thing I told Jess was like, he's going to get crucified for this, just like Affleck did. And I think he will surprise people. Like Joaquin Phoenix Joker surprised people.
1: Yeah, maybe so. I mean, hey, Michael Keaton got criticized a long time
3: ago and he was awesome. So, I mean, we should uh, wait and see. If they'll just cast Kobe Smolders with him, then we have Batman Sparkles and Robin Sparkles.
2: <laughs> um, uh,
3: Chad, what's your number eight movie?
2: How to Train Your Dragon.
3: Uh, that was on my
1: honorable mention. Chad, why don't you tell us about How to Train Your Dragon?
2: I love Lilo and Stitch, and the people that designed Stitch also designed Toothless for How to Train Your Dragon. I enjoy Jay Baruchel; He does the voice of Hiccup in this movie it's charming it's different it's not part of the disney or pixar groupings and it's just a lot of fun uh a cool setting cool story with vikings and dragons and it's it's a good time
1: it is solid i i'll back you up on that one i didn't it didn't make my list it i just missed my honorable mentions but it's it's a it's a good time and i'll, I'll back you up on that one andrew you sound like you've seen it
3: Yes, I actually saw it almost I think like right after it came out I think I might have seen a pirated copy copy back in the day and uh, I was kind of surprised because again I'm not very much for the animated movies so much and that was really well done in fact it was a uh, it was hard to keep that one out of the top ten it's, it's it's a really well it's just a really good movie and if it's animated and you get me to talk about it in high praise then it's probably a really good movie.
0: Fry, did you do this one? Uh, No, I'll have to cue this one up, uh, given the fact that everybody liked it. Uh, I'm kind of in Andrew's boat, uh, and it will change very drastically very soon, but I usually (laughs) don't do animated movies either. I am kind of looking forward to it. You guys have to understand that having a kid now, and I'm going to have to watch all these movies, I feel like there's going to be some gems for me. And I'm kind of happy that I haven't watched any of them because I, I, dude, I haven't even seen anything past toy story one. So like, I've heard that they're excellent and that's awesome. I get to look forward to doing that now, but uh, I think I'll, I'll actually have some enhancement joy by the fact that I actually get to watch them, you know, with my daughter.
1: Yeah. Now, I'm gonna For the go, first time, I mean, I'm gonna follow up Chad's animated selection with my number eight movie, which is Despicable Me.
2: Oh, that's a good one.
1: Man, I'm the uh, my three are unique at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I did
0: actually see that one though.
1: Yeah, uh, Despicable Me is just absolutely heartwarming and fun. It's it, it does both at the same time and it plays a balance that I really enjoy. Well, it has like this Looney Tune like quality that I really like to see. That that lightheartedness. And at the same time, it still got the uh, it still gets you it still gets you in the heart. So, Gru's a great character. He's a villain who's trying to steal the moon. And the I mean, as a James Bond fan, I like these big, huge villains and stuff. And so he's uh, satiring a genre I love so much. And so great voice work by Steve Carell. And the animation work and the way that the characters are stylized, I just really enjoyed. And I love the Minions, so uh, I've enjoyed this whole series. So uh, it makes my number
0: eight
2: here. Very good.
0: You know, uh, I've got to, I've got to do a, issue a correction here. I saw Minions. That's okay.
2: oh, yeah. Go see Despicable Me. It's much better. So, Chad, you saw Despicable Me? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's. That's one we've shown to Belle already. Um, she enjoyed the Minions a lot, which is a little disappointing. Like as the adult, I'm going, ah, Gru, Gru's awesome, but uh, you know, little kids like the yellow things that are running around screaming, banana. So, yeah.
0: I, I I enjoyed Minions, so I I'm I'm gonna just assume that I'm a small child, which again <laughs> gives it. me hope for watching all of these things later.
1: Number seven, Andrew. The losers. Oh, yeah. I I haven't done this one, but I'm very familiar with it, and I'd like to see it.
0: Dude, I freaking love that movie. It's on my honorable mentions because it's kind of a closet movie, but, uh, dude, I freaking love it.
3: Tell us about it, Andrew. Uh, It's just one of those great, you know, popcorn action flicks. The cast is is good across the board. It's got these one-liners, and Chris Evans uh, just really, I feel, like brings the zingers and it's he's just really set up for. I, in my opinion, I just rewatched this morning. He does a lot of great work. Uh, Idris Elba, probably what's the main guy. I'm forgetting his name. I'm sure you know.
0: Richard, three names. Richard. Richard Dean Morgan.
3: Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. Jeffrey Dean. There we go. He, you know, he's good. He just kind of is his. I think of him in an action movie, and Chris Evans just has these just great little spots where he shines in it. And it's just a fun movie. So uh, I'm I'm more about movies that I'm going to, you know, want to watch a second time or a third time. And I think this is probably like the third time I've seen this one. So uh, it stands up.
2: I haven't seen that one, but uh, I think I just added it to my list. That sounds really intriguing. I like Chris Evans. Yeah,
0: it, it, it's a comic book movie, too. So this is uh, this was kind of an under the radar, you know, when they were doing stuff like 30 Days of Night, when they were doing V for yeah. Vendetta. This was a. This was another hats off to another uh, graphic novel. And, you know, I'm not even sure, uh, you know, you tend to forget how you see certain things, but man, I was, and this is a young Chris Evans too. Like you really get to see where he matured into a Captain America kind of character, but you know, he's much slimmer, you know, he's, he's definitely got this wit. It's more the human torch him than, than the Captain America him. And you can kind of see how he got one part and then to see his maturity into the to the captain America character is is pretty cool too,
1: yeah, now, number seven for you, Brian
0: oh uh number seven for me is kick ass, speaking of comic book movies mm, okay uh freaking love that movie uh there's there's really not a lot I've got to just compound on this, but <laughs> Nicholas Cage's part in the movie is awesome. Chloe is awesome it was the kind of start to the main character's career and he, the way he's changed as an actor is also pretty much equivalent to how I feel about, uh, Chris Evans and, you know, he's super young in this. And if you see, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson in anything recently, I mean, he's fricking built now. Uh, you may have seen him in the new Godzilla movie, oh, yeah. Uh, or uh savages i mean he's he's like a legit dude now but if you go back and watch this you're like oh wow really that same guy and uh it's it's just cool that he started kind of started with this and then then moved on to some other movies that i really liked so it's nice to to get one of those i'm gonna follow your career because i I liked it from the beginning kind of guys
1: it's a fun movie it's a it's it's very violent and has that it carries that r rating for sure but uh at the same time, it's it's a lot of fun, so it's very
2: playful.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, I I, I also enjoy it, and Hit Girl's awesome in that.
2: Yes, she is. Yep. Fry covered it all, and yeah, I I like Nick Cage. I like when he shows up in my movies.
0: Yeah, just just to tie it all together, he also plays Quicksilver in the Marvel universe.
1: All right, number seven for you, Chad. Shutter Island think you might be the high the high pick on this one do you want to tell us about shutter island
2: yeah Uh, leonardo dicaprio horror mystery thriller movie uh i love the setting and the uh the investigation the mystery behind it and it always gets a special ranking in my heart when it has horror in the subtitles and my wife enjoys it uh it could be because of leonardo dicaprio being present but i'm fine with that uh, it, it probably got demoted a little bit on my list just because I saw the ending coming. I was a little disappointed about that, how they wrapped it up. Uh, the the previews really spoil a lot for it, for you. You can infer it, but it's if you're not if you didn't get to it in 2010 or before, if you hit it for the first time, you're missing all that. So you're in for a really good movie.
1: Yeah, Shutter Island though. I I, I really enjoyed this one. I didn't make my top 10 list but it was in my honorable mentions and i'm with chad i mean it's a it's a fun web that it spins and the setting is very eerie and you know it's just a really great time i mean scorsese dicaprio you can't go wrong here i i I like a thriller like this and this is this is definitely in my wheelhouse i was surprised it didn't make it and i think there's some other years where this certainly would have made my top 10
0: so this was my number 10 movie because it really deserves a lot of respect. I think that that when I think of um, under the radar, when I think of movies that really should have been talked about more and weren't, this is probably a hallmark of that. I didn't see it coming. I, I read the thing first, but it was it was one of those things where when it came to the end of it, like I stopped for a minute and I was like, boom. This just destroyed my like I, I spent about a month reading it and I was like, oh, snap, did not see that coming. So twists like the end of this movie are one of the probably top three things I look for in movies and probably one of the biggest reasons that usual suspects is up there and probably my top one, two, three favorite movies of all time.
1: Oh, yeah. If you like that movie, this is this is a good pick for you for sure. Uh, it didn't get overlooked that badly. It came on number seventeen on the year in the box office, so it
0: uh, a lot of people got out for it. Sure, but I'm just saying if you went out and asked people, just go down the street and be like, "Hey, did you ever see Shutter Island with Leonardo DiCaprio?" They'd be like, "What? Like this is like, not Nope. This is yeah. I mean, th- this is a very quietly popular movie.
2: Yeah." I- I think they leaned into the horror aspect in the previews too much and it's really more of a thriller. I, oh see, I yeah, that's agreed. great.
3: I thought I thought it was a horror movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably why some people are just like, No, I don't want to see that, but it's it's far more of a thriller.
0: And it's DiCaprio in a period piece, which he really, really
2: excels at. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. My number seven movie is True
2: Grit. Hold off on that one, sir.
1: Okay. And Andrew, what is your number six movie?
2: Grownups. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we warned you about poor judgment.
3: All right. Andrew, <laughs> tell us about grownups. Uh, I had no desire to see this movie when it came out. I thought it was going to be awful. And then I was at somebody's house and they put it on. I, and we, I don't know, I probably watched this movie in the past two and a half years. Like, maybe six times because every time we put it on with a group of people when we're all just kind of hanging out it's every, there's always parts where we all just laugh our asses off and have a great time and if a movie can be watched that many times by you know a dis- different changing group of people and every time it gets a good reaction I, I gotta put it in top ten list so uh, it holds up for me it's uh, you know it's a fun movie about a bunch of guys uh, getting back together from kind of reliving their glory days of youth. And it's just a fun family movie with a bunch of good actors that are like, Hey, let's make a kid's movie.
0: Can you give me less than 60 seconds to do a long winded diss? Go ahead,
1: Brian, just do your thing.
0: So in Neil Gaiman's American gods, the only thing that give God's power, are people's belief in them. So as older gods diminish in their belief structure, they diminish in power. Andrew is one of those people that are keeping Adam Sandler alive. And it's, it's literally, it's, there's like five people out there that are doing it. And he is one of them. <laughs>
1: I'm somewhere, in, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere in between on this one. I, I actually, I still appreciate Sandler. I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Sandler, but Grown Ups for me was not a big hit. I I did see it. And I, I thought it was, you know, I was like, okay, these guys definitely all cashed in, took a nice vacation together, and hung out all summer with their friends. And I think as much has been said. And it kind of had that feeling of it doesn't really go anywhere. So I did see it, and I don't necessarily hope, I didn't enjoy this movie as much, but I, I do still like Sandler, so I'm going to have Andrews back on, on Sandler, just maybe not this movie. Uh, I did see it. I have it ranked at number 66 on the year so far of the ones I saw.
0: There's a pertinent meme... That I'll post on our site for this. It has a picture of Chris Farley and a picture of Adam Sandler. And on Chris Farley, it says, "You either die a hero, and then on Adam Sandler, or live long enough to become the villain." And it is perfect. Like, that
2: sums it all up. Chad, I'm just, uh, I'm speechless.
1: <laughs> I think you like it less than I think you liked it less than I did. Maybe
2: Andrew, you do you. I, I'm glad you're here <laughs> to represent this.
3: Hey you know it's one of those movies that you put it on and you guys are watch you guys all have families you're gonna be in a couple of years you're gonna be like oh i can't count the number of time i've seen grown-ups because it's a great family movie to put on and it's actually got good enough stuff going that's funny that you're gonna laugh and then you're gonna laugh again and you're gonna be like oh andrew was right it's got a lot of
2: funny people in it also kevin james is in it this sounds like Russell's experiment with Talladega Knights. He's like, it's funny. <laughs> and I didn't laugh once.
1: See, now you've just now you've now you've lost your credibility there, chat. So <laughs> it's, <laughs>
2: it's not a funny movie, man.
0: I see myself living more of the this is 40 life.
2: Hmm. OK. All
1: right. So num- number six. Uh, wait, sorry. No, no. Yeah. Number yeah. number six,
0: Brian. Uh, This is where I've got King's Speech coming in.
1: You know what? It's my number six, too. So if you want to talk about it now, you can.
0: Uh, this was a great movie. Colin Firth is one of those people that I sometimes avoid, basically due to Renee Zellweger. And that's fair. It's a it's a mistake though when he's not in a Bridget Jones movie. Uh, obviously with Love Actually and Kingsman, Kingsman movies. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this guy's awesome, and he does he crushes this movie. Helena Bonham Carter was awesome. I mean. This is one of those historical pieces that has, you know, relatively little action sequence in terms of time period, and what a great movie! I, I still like. I went to see it because it was nominated, and I've been patting myself on the back for it ever since because it was that good.
1: Yep, it was great. I I, I didn't get to it until way later, uh, but it is a. Very very well made movie. It is interesting in terms of, I guess as Americans we don't focus on the royal family as much, but there's some interesting storylines there that I didn't know as much, and so it was a interesting way to relive that. But uh, I think just the passion of something, uh, to overcome a speech impediment that uh, you know King George had to go through, that was a very interesting. Jeffrey Rush, uh, is so good in this and. The warmth of his character, I mean, on one hand he's Barbosa from Pirates of the Caribbean. That's where most people would know him from, but I mean, he's great in this and as you mentioned, Colin Firth, totally deserving of that
3: Oscar for best actor. So
1: really good stuff here. So I'm I'm with you on that one.
3: Most people don't know Jeffrey Rush from Shine.
2: I would have gone with Barbosa too.
3: I actually saw Shine when it first came out. That's the one where he's the great piano player. Anyway.
2: Yeah. So Chad,
1: what's your number six? My number six is true grit all
3: right I had this one as
1: well but I think uh I think it's we're the only two do you want to talk about it now wow I I
2: really thought this was a Brian <laughs> way up there uh
0: it, it, it's an honorable mention for me it, it, it drug a little bit oh really I do think it's one of the better uh westerns out there but yeah I it's it's no grown-ups look i i respect it it's good I, i just i don't know it just wasn't a top 10 for me okay
2: yeah i i have not seen the original so this this was new to me but jeff bridges i enjoy everything he's in matt damon for my wife we watched this together so matt damon's like her her main guy so she she was very happy about that but you know what Kaylee Steinfeld, who played Maddie Ross, she really blew me away. Uh, she was great, and for me, Westerns do tend to be more dialogue-heavy, but I didn't feel like it drug at all. I was really drawn in, and the Coen brothers just did a wonderful job of drawing me into you know, conversations that there's really not much happening as they're just going across the plains. But I, I was engaged, and... I love the story. It's it's one I'd actually like to revisit here very shortly. True Grit.
1: was a very good movie. And I also have not seen the original, so I'm probably a little... I, I don't know. I might take that with a grain of salt. But, I mean, this was very entertaining. I like the characters. I like their play between the three of them. Uh, the story moves well. I think that its landscapes that it moves through are really enjoyable. I think the resolution at the end of the movie is the only thing that maybe keeps us from going up a little bit higher for me because i i did really enjoy this movie and i'm not a big western guy so this is this is uh this is genre defying for me i i liked, i did like this one and that's why i have it at number seven
0: good good quite good
1: yep i had King's speech at six we talked about it so andrew back to you for five
3: due date
0: okay oh man
2: yeah andrew on the streak of what is it four now that we haven't gotten to. He's
1: having, he's having himself a devil down, but uh, go ahead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. And Russell and...
3: with a second dad, joke. And Zach Galifianakis. It's a uh, fun road trip comedy. And obviously with Zach Galifianakis, a bunch of idiocy and hilarity ensues. And it's, uh, it, it's two people who are very good at acting carrying a movie. And they do a great job. I've watched it. I don't know, probably five, six times. And again, every single time that it's on and I'm, or I'm in a room of people and it's and it's on, I just, you know, like I keep paying attention to it or, you know, people are like, oh, what's this? And people start laughing. It's it's a rewatchable movie. And uh, that's kind of my issue with a lot of the serious good movies from this year. They just weren't that rewatchable. And so my list is dominated by movies that I'd be willing to watch by more than once.
1: Well, I might not share the same enthusiasm for it, but I did see it. <laughs> I, I, uh,
2: that movie did happen.
1: I did see it. It's a little bit mean-spirited. I, I, I definitely is cut from the same cloth of Planes, Trans and Automobiles with Steve Martin and uh, John Candy. And, you know, if you enjoy this movie, I really urge you to go see that movie and um, instead. <laughs>
3: Fair enough. I feel like I'm not getting a lot of love for Due Date.
0: I, I think that if if I were going to try to qualify why I didn't like Due Date, I, I'm pretty much an idiot in real life, so I like a little bit more intellect in my comedies. So you know, maybe you're just that smart that you need a little bit of idiot in your, what you're watching.
3: Hmm. I guess that's the case.
2: That's an interesting theory. My wife watches The Kardashians, so she's brilliant. Yeah, Mine too.
1: Jed, yeah, there you, you
2: go to, your wife's a doctor so yeah maybe that's the thing Chad did you do this one i did not no okay uh, I like Robert downey jr but uh I actually didn't enjoy planes trains and automobiles you can throw whatever you want at me i right will now, be throwing things at you that's fine
1: <laughs> that is a good movie <laughs> all right uh but anyway that's why we have lots of different perspectives on the show so Brian what is your number five movie
0: Hats off if anybody else has this, but I doubt it. Is A Team okay? Uh, I
1: don't know about this All one. Right. I go ahead, good one. <laughs> Sell me on it. Sell me on it.
0: I I freaking love it. I actually love them in very similar fashions, but this is Bradley Cooper really cementing why Bradley Cooper is awesome. Uh, you got Liam Neeson as the head. The, the acting in this movie was good the jokes were so funny i died in this movie so you this is one of the best action comedies if i had to make a list of action comedies this would still be on my top 10 um i enjoyed this movie so much and it is the epitome of rewatchable for me i i could do this anytime
1: wow i i yeah i I do not mean to be a debbie downer but you found a movie that i have ranked lower than grown-ups on this list So, yes. Yeah, I haven't ranked Uh, it. I haven't ranked it. I haven't ranked it number 73 on on, of the movies I've seen that year.
3: I've seen it and I remember being very excited when it came out. I remember watching it and I haven't really ever been excited to watch it again. So I might give it a rewatch because, you know, we like a lot of the same action comedies, but. Yeah, you're uh you're swimming in solo waters there. Yeah.
1: I just didn't think it was fun I just didn't think it was funny enough. I didn't really feel like I mean, I don't have a lot of connection to the source material, so I think that would help. I didn't either. I I,
0: th- I think I may have watched one episode of The A Team at some point in time. I- oh my, you guys are killing me.
1: I
2: I've loved The A Team growing up, so yeah, it do- it does not help.
0: It it earmarked a couple things that I recognize. Maybe there's some more in there that I've missed. But uh, I don't know, man. It just that one got me, you know, those little kid punching bags
3: that they had that you know you fill them up with there and then yeah. they rock back and forth as you punch them. Yeah, mm-hmm. ours was the 18 growing <laughs> up, so cool. I actually like we, that. Was something I watched like all the episodes of my family, like you know, totally knew that show. And I saw that movie once and I don't remember ever wanting to watch it again, so
2: I'll have to give it another try.
3: Yeah, I, I, I. Yeah, I
1: don't know. It's to me it, that's a that's a one star for me. But
2: uh... well, Mr. T agrees with Brian. Brian's uh, Mr. T said it was the greatest thing in the world after he'd watched it. So Mr. T pities the fool who doesn't like the A team.
1: I'm a
3: fool. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> right. So did you sh- see what Mr. T's rating of Grown Ups is?
2: Uh, I, well, I will give him a call after the show.
1: They're close. They're close. Uh, Chad. What's your number five movie?
2: Tucker and Dale vs Evil.
3: Wow, I know yeah, I know yeah. you love this movie. I'm actually surprised it's not higher for you. I need to watch this. Well, think yeah. includes came out before and I still haven't.
2: Yeah, it's a tough crowd ahead of it. I really do love this. This is a movie that I can show to just about anyone and they have a great time. It's It's a wonderful parody of a horror movie. Alan Tudyk is this redneck named Tucker, and Tyler Labine is his uh, his dopey, kind of naive friend, Dale. They, they go out and they buy a cabin in the woods, and they're trying to fix it up, and these teenagers come in, and there's a terrible mistake, and there's just a lot of mayhem that ensues, and it's very, very funny. The the one thing I will strike against it is the douchey group leader. His name is Chad, and that hurts me a little.
1: <laughs> it's a very funny movie. Uh, Chad introduced me to it. Not the douchey group leader, but or my co-host here, Chad, uh, introduced me to it. I never had really any intentions of getting to it, but I, the marketing didn't grab me. But it, uh, it exceeded expectations and then some it's violently hilarious. Uh, you know, there, there's some over the top violence. So if you're opposed to that, then it might not be for you. But uh, it, it's a very fun time. I, I two very lovable idiots, and um, I, I, I absolutely enjoyed it. And I have it at thirteen on the year, so it's in my honorable mentions list. So, wow,
2: well, I'm glad it made it that high.
0: Yeah, I, I have every intention of making it through this movie. I've started it several times and not finished it. And it's not really due to anything, I just wasn't there yet.
2: Oh man, it's one of those movies I can pop in anytime.
1: Well the next time you want to watch A Team, watch this instead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just just an FYI, Google Reviews gives it the exact same rating as A Team, so Okay. For what it's worth.
1: Ouch. My number five movie is The Other Guys.
0: Okay. Honorable mention for me. Yeah,
1: Mark Wahlberg and Will Farrell and Michael Keaton. Got to mention him being in this one. I love him in this. Uh, it, it is a, you know, I'm a huge Will Farrell fan. And this was one that I've seen several times. It's just not I'm not a big rewatcher of uh, movies multiple times over, but it just seems to happen to be on TV. It just seemed, I do own this one. And uh, it, it's one of those ones that I have thoroughly enjoyed time to time against. Rewatch value is high. There are a number of scenes that make me laugh very hard. And I even get a smile on my face just talking about it now. So, uh, you know, hand me a wooden gun. I love this movie.
0: I, uh, I, I I think that my favorite part of this movie, and I'm not going to drop a spoiler here, is Keaton and TLC. That's all I'll say.
1: Don't go chasing waterfalls, Brian.
0: Don't. Don't. Because huh. I don't want no scrubs.
1: I mean, Will Farrell is such a good nerd, though. In this, and Mark Wahlberg is such an over the top cardboard version of what so many of these cop movies have. So it's really fun to see them interchange with each other. Farrell's just doing really good work in this movie. So I think it was just outside
3: of my honorable mentions. Um, I think that Will Farrell is just not like, don't get me wrong, he's got some excellent work, okay? But he's just not quite as high for me as I think he might be for some other uh, people on this podcast. So.
1: Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan, so yeah, no doubt about
0: it. I... Yeah, he's very hit and miss for me, so uh, I'm I'm kind of in between
3: Russell and Chad on this.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Russ, you...
3: do you answer the phone, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? <laughs> no, but maybe I should.
2: What a disappointing movie that was. Everyone praises it so much. <laughs> wow,
3: Chad. So uh, the other day, we were, I was having a conversation about what the uh, proper term for a male version of Karen is, and one of the nominations was Chad. Based on that, based on that tone of voice you just used, like I think that you just increase the likelihood that we use Chad as the male version of Karen. Oh, God. Oh, God. It, oh. it already
2: was a name of <laughs> ill repute, but it's more like the frat oh, jerk no. than man. the oh, no. asked to see the manager.
1: Chad got Ch- Ch- told to go to the corner and sit down.
2: Oh man! Oh man! <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm sorry, everyone that likes Elf and says it's the best Christmas movie. Just you're wrong.
1: <laughs> okay, now uh, let's kick it in the top half here. Andrew, what's your number four movie?
3: My number four movie is Iron Man Two.
2: Oh jeez! Help me out, man! (laughs) Help me out. Going off the rails on a crazy train. We we have to ask this question: Are you trolling us right now?
3: No, 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 no. Because we obviously know (laughs) that one of my movies that you guys all still have rated highly, I have rated really high. It's that I didn't think that 2010 was overall a fantastic year for movies. And I think at the time that basically every single Marvel movie with except for um, the second Thor, which I think we've I've trashed enough previously. If you remember when we did the Marvel movies, I said that I pretty much thought that every Marvel movie was basically in the top two to three movies of the year every year. So even the lowest things on my list, outside of the one that was the lowest, I had really, really high every year. I think I said, I'm pretty sure I said that on the Marvel Movie Podcast. So you guys can't really be surprised that I have Iron Man 2, something that I've rewatched this year alone four times that high. I think that's pretty reasonable.
1: Well, it's reasonable that, It's reasonable if you've seen it that many times and you like it that much that it would be this high for you. So I'm not sure it's reasonable to see it that many times this year, but
3: go. <laughs> yeah. It's compared to the rest of the Marvel movies, it was at the bottom of my list, if you will remember. And you can go look up. But compared to the other movies that came out this year, it's fun. It's fun watching Robert Downey Jr. get into a drunk fight with War Machine. Come on. When, he throw, when those two have a drunk fight in Iron Man 2, you tell me you guys don't enjoy that scene.
0: It'd be better if they were both drunk.
3: Um,
1: I, For me, this is <laughs> – I think I don't want to spoil everything from the Marvel Countdown uh, podcast, but they'd get to this pretty quickly. For me, this is the my lowest Marvel – uh, movie.
0: Wait, this is worse than Iron Man three?
1: Yeah, for sure. Two is definitely yeah. I
2: don't below agree with oh, that opinion. Yeah. Three is the wow. worst.
0: I don't know. I made a statement at one point that I would see anything with uh Sam Rockwell in it, so I I
3: there's there's merit to Andrew's argument. I mean, look, if you sit there and you rewatch and you're like, oh, I'm gonna watch some Marvel movies, and you watch Iron Man one, it's really easy to watch Iron Man two. Maybe you know what I'm saying. And then, as you then think about that, and you do that frequently, you have a lot of times where you end up rewatching it and it holds up as a rewatchable movie. Is it as good as the Marvel movies in front of it? No. But, you know, I don't think 2010 was the greatest year for movies.
0: Okay. Now, Brian, number four. Uh, my number four is Scott Pilgrim. Hold
2: off on that one, sir.
1: Okay. We covered this one earlier this year, too. So that's another fun plug for the podcast on that one. So, Chad, what's your number four?
2: I think this is going to be a hold off, but I've got an inception.
1: Hold off on that Hold up. Yeah.
2: Yep.
1: My number four
3: is The Fighter. That was, that was in my World mentions.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's based on a story of a boxer who tries to escape, you know, the shadow of his uh, famous but troubled older boxing brother. And it is, it's just really well acted. I didn't think I'd get into this one as much as I did, but I mean, uh, Christian Bale... Is so good in this one. This this is Mark Wahlberg's best movie in my opinion. Uh, that that's a wide range of things. I mean, you know, it can be as bad as The Happening, it can be as good as this. But uh, this is a movie that I actually wanted to win Best Picture that year at the time, and so I was a little bit mad at The King's Speech back when it won. But uh, I've gotten over it. They're both great movies. I just have the fighter. The sorry, the fighter a little bit higher. And Amy Adams in this fantastic, in this as well. I got to mention her as well. So great cast.
3: I watched this, and I think it's i I'm 100% with you that I was actually annoyed that this didn't win over the King's speech at the time. But my issue with the way I think about movies a decade later is, you know, if I only saw it once, it needed to stick with me so much that I didn't need to see it again. Like, I think I've only seen Schindler's List once. I'm okay with that. I don't need to see it again. I remember that movie really well, even though that was 1994. Like, The Fighter, it, it hasn't made me want to watch it again, and it hasn't stuck with me that way. But at the time, I got to agree with you, Russ, I definitely had it probably as number, like, when I first watched it, I probably had it number four or five on this list. So Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot of, like, I don't, don't mean to knock it, it's just not a movie that I think most people are like, oh, you know what we should do on a Friday night? Let's rewatch The Fighter. I don't know. I've enjoyed going back to this one. And like I said, Bale
1: is just so great in this one. He absolutely transforms his body. You just forget you're even watching
0: Christian Bale in this one. It's it's amazing.
1: He totally deserved his Oscar in this one. So,
0: I'm, I'm trying in my head to draw parallels on like we'd spoken before in the podcast about how I didn't think there was a bad hockey movie. Well, I don't really watch hockey. I don't watch boxing either and I have a harder time watching boxing movies and enjoying them. Cinderella man was probably one of my favorites, but even that one I've, I've only watched maybe two times. So I don't know if that's why I just steer clear. I, I can tell you right now that million dollar baby didn't do boxing any favors because I wanted to shoot myself at the end of that movie. So I, I, I don't, I don't watch fighting. I don't care to watch fighting and it makes it difficult for me to really dive
3: into a fighting movie. If you, if you need to watch a good boxing movie, you want to watch Gladiator from 1992. Trust me on this. Like, just to give it the first 20 minutes and if you're not like, okay, I'm, I'm into this, I'd be shocked for all three of you.
0: I had several that were like a failure to launch. I tried to watch Southpaw and got... 20-30 minutes into it and stopped Rocky? Try, try to watch Warrior uh, I've seen several of the, the Rocky movies but again, it's it's been years it's not something I'm like, Oh, I need to watch some Rocky right now Check out Gladiator, it's much better
2: I would recommend Raging Bull I think that's well, Oh dude, I watched
0: that for a film class in college and I was like, well that's the only time I ever need to see that
2: I love that movie
0: uh, yeah, I don't know. I just have a harder time with it. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, I, I watched Warrior and it was fine, but I I, I don't know. It's just it's just not something that, that speaks to me. OK,
1: back to 2010, though. Andrew, what's your number three? She's out of my league.
2: OK,
3: it's a Pittsburgh movie. A it, very Pittsburgh it is movie. a Pittsburgh movie. It a, is a movie that I had not seen until a couple of years ago. Just think that it's really well done. Uh, of a movie of a particular type where it's the romantic comedy of you know we have this beautiful woman who's got all of these amazing attributes and then there's the dorky nice guy and they make fun of that but yet do oh, just an excellent job of doing the movie that it, it holds up and it's almost more of a romantic than the romantic comedy side in the terms of actually really making sure it has, you know, some good plot and that they're not just mailing in certain scenes to call it a romantic on the romantic comedy. And I I know very few people that have sat down and watched it that
2: dislike it. Yeah, it was a fun movie. It's a uh, it had some weird things. If we live in Pittsburgh. And the weird scene at the Warhol Museum where there's, like, cocktail hour. That was very strange. And they made their airport look really ghetto. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, was, is. it was a fun movie. My takeaway yeah. from that
0: movie, if I'm remembering correctly, Alice Eve, it was one of those, like, man, Alice Eve looks like so many people.
2: Elijah, Elijah Cuthbert, yeah. Well,
0: that was generous. It, I mean, it's, it's, well, well it's, she, also she also looks, looks, like, looks like young, young kid kidman. Kidman. There's, There's a little, little bit, bit of, of – um, I'm going to blank on her name no. now. Uh, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Street. Margot Robbie. Like, like, that's generous. There are times where I see her and I'm just like, that's – wait, stop. No. Okay. Wait. Like she has aspects to her look that people are like confused.
1: No, It's a fun one and honestly this is a rom-com that I believe was – Actually, geared more for the male audiences, it's told from a male perspective, and I think that it is a very sweet movie that puts it into that rom-com genre. But I, you know, we don't have any ladies on this podcast today, which is regretful, and I'm sorry to say. But um, I, I want to say that this is a rom-com made for male audiences, and I think that's probably why it went down for us better here as we talk about it. But it'd be interesting to hear how that went down from a female perspective.
0: Sure. Uh, My number three is Black Swan.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, You're the high one on this one, I think. You want to talk about it?
0: I viewed this as... I'm usually a a poo-pooer on uh, Aronofsky's work. You are? I'm surprised. I don't want to make this comparison stick because I'm just using it as a... Because they have one similar thing. But it's like M. Night Shyamalan. Like, they either really wow me or I'm like, wow, that was terrible. Where it differs is I agree that Aronofsky's work is is singular. I mean, they're, they're all pretty much good movies, but most of the time I would never touch them again. I've probably talked about several of them negatively over time. This was one of the best psychological thrillers I've ever seen. And I was happy. I took the leap to see it. I bought it and... I I just I felt like I got to join the club a little bit with this movie because I'm like, no, 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 I like this one. Look, look, no, no there's one I like. Here, this one. <laughs> that's It's not dissing his other work. Requiem was a great movie, and I curse the day I watched it.
2: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: I have to live with that in my head the rest of my life, and honestly, F him for it.
2: <laughs> for
1: me, Black Swan, um, this is where I don't do myself any favors, but I, I kind of had it in the slightly overrated category. It's, it's a good movie, and what it has going for it is style, presentation, and atmosphere. It's really good on across the board and all of that, so praising a lot of the direction. The story itself and the journey that it takes you on, I'm not sure was very fulfilling for me, and so that's why I didn't have it joining here and i also kind of i was a little bit bitter at the you know as well when i if i had to go back and look at it i would again give jennifer lawrence the oscar
3: for uh for this year
2: oh man
3: i don't disagree with that uh so i had black spawn 10 and i have to say that you know i i went in with basically the knowledge of you know one premise of the movie i was really impressed at the psychological thriller aspect of a movie about a bunch of ballerinas like it was good it it, like it was better than i expected and i was not at a particular point it kind of lulled and i was like okay i was kind of expecting that but i guess i'm just gonna stick with it and by the end of it i was really impressed with it as a piece of you know as a piece of art i've only seen it the one time because i watched it for this it was worth watching so if you were a listener and you haven't seen it, I highly recommend watching Black Swan.
1: Yeah. Now, Chad, did you have this one on your list? You're, you're as big of a Natalie Portman as they come.
2: Yeah, it, it made my number nine. I'd actually just watched it this week. Uh, the only reason it's not higher is I'd, I'd watched a movie that was made prior to Black Swan. Uh, it's a Japanese movie called Perfect Blue. And this is very, very similar to Perfect Blue. You know, Perfect Blue was animated. This was real-life actors, so there were beautiful costume designs. But I'm like, I've seen this before. So the familiarity kind of bumped it down, but everything that Brian said, it it sucks you in. It does a good job. I, I don't like Requiem, but I do like The Wrestler.
3: Lion King is just a bad retelling of Hamlet. It didn't stop you guys from liking it, right?
2: I still enjoyed it. It still made my top 10. It's just, it's lower because Perfect Blue... Did it. I actually think better. I think Perfect Blue was five stars and this is four and a half.
0: Well, I, I guess all I'm saying is I mean, I enjoyed Mother, the fountain, Pie, uh, the wrestler was good, but he also made Noah. Okay?
2: Did he really? He did, yeah.
0: But he made Noah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where you know, maybe I'm not weighing the coin appropriately <laughs> Like, I think it really boils down to Requiem and the fact that I can't unwatch it. Some things you can't unsee, bro.
2: Number three, Chad. Korean film, I Saw the Devil.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a super violent movie, right?
2: Yes, yes, it is. Uh, It is almost like the Korean version of Taken, except it's far more revenge driven And it's just fascinating. It's this very skilled individual that is hunting down a criminal and he just spends over an hour and a half hunting him and tormenting him and playing with this guy who's committed a crime against his family. And it's a fascinating movie. I highly recommend, even with subtitles, you know, if that's a barrier, you'll be really entertained by I Saw the Devil.
1: Okay. So my number three, and in full disclosure, this is totally in my wheelhouse. I'm a comedy fan first and foremost. I love comedies. Now I have a Hot Tub Time Machine. Nope. Hold up. We're going to wait. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. I thought I, I, thought I was one. Okay, great. Well, wonderful. Uh, Andrew, what's your number two? Get Him to the Greek. Okay.
3: Yeah. Tell us about Get Him to the Greek. So Get Him to the Greek is meant to be a sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It reprises Russell Brand as Aldous Snow. And if for one reason and one reason only why we're getting to the Greek stands up across the test of time is stroke the furry walls. It is a fun movie about a rock star needing, dealing with his personal demons while, uh, you know, going out to do a performance and it's got a lot of hilarity. I remember when I watched it with a group of people that it was just one of those things that we were all just like, Okay, that's a movie we're going to watch again. Like, that's like, that was fun. That was good. And Russell Brand, uh, he had this small bit part in one movie and he turned it in. He did so well that it made another movie.
0: I wouldn't want to be Jonah Hill uh, being
1: responsible to watch after him.
0: I had a hard time leaving this off my top 10. Um, I I made a conscious decision to choose either that or Hot Tub Time Machine to put on here just for some parody's sake. But Literally, the name of my fantasy football league that I run is Furry Walls. This movie is hilarious. If you have not seen this movie, I think it flew wildly under the radar, especially when I talk to people about it today. This movie is so funny, and if you haven't seen it, you got to.
2: I guess I have got to see this movie. I didn't know it was a sequel. Or even pseudo sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I actually really did enjoy that. It's
0: Russell Brand's character is the only carryover, and and a couple commercials.
2: That's a bit concerning because I'm not a Russell Brand fan, but um,
0: uh, you might be
1: after this.
2: I'll give it a shot.
1: Yeah, this is the perfect vehicle for Russell Brand. I think I, I myself have this kind of in the middle. For me, like I, 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 enjoyed it, but I also haven't found myself wanting to return to it, and uh, it's not been the showstopper for me. But uh, you know, I did enjoy it at the time, and uh, I've, I, I kind of have it, you know, with middling rankings.
0: Oh, Puff Daddy in it is one of my favorite. I, I don't even think you can call it a cameo, given how much he's in it, but it's.
3: Oh, it's not. No, no, no. Who do you mean? Do you mean P. Diddy? (laughs) Sean Combs. Sean Combs'
0: character in this movie is excellent.
1: I'm sorry, he's just Diddy now.
0: I I messed that up. Yeah, he's Diddy. He's billed as Sean Combs. Sean Combs' character in this movie is very funny.
3: Can we say how impressive it is that you can say so many different names and we all know that you're talking about the same person? Like, kudos to him for having that many names that we all know to be the same guy. But Prince can make up a
1: symbol and we
3: know that
0: I'll go with I'll, I'll, all right if I have to go cameo I'll go with Lars Ulrich's cameo <laughs> uh,
1: number two Chad
0: fry number two this is where I've got hot tub time machine nope <laughs> excellent like excellent like no I'm, I'm I'm joyous Chad number two
2: tangled tangled is a Disney animated feature it's about Rapunzel None of this is probably sounding appealing to the all-male podcast members I've got on, but this is one I actually fought for to get my wife to see. BB uh, Newworth, uh, who plays Lilith in Cheers and Frasier, she is the evil stepmother in this. Um, there's a great sidekick character in the chameleon Pascal, even Flynn Rider, uh, I think that's a character Fry would like a lot. He's sort of a Han Solo type character. Uh, still not watching the movie, Andrew, but uh, it's got great music. Manny Moore is the voice. At Last I Saw the Light is one of the great songs. And as Belle says, it's not scary. So my daughter likes this. There's uh, there's not that 90s Disney, Somebody's got to die a horrible death, <laughs> or someone turns into a giant dragon. So it's great for little kids, but uh, it's also a movie that I really enjoy.
1: I overlooked it at the time, but with your high uh, ranking, I'm going to have to give it a second watch.
3: I've seen it. I remember it being for again, somebody who's not super high on the uh, animated movies. I remember Tangled being, uh, you know, pretty good, like that's something that I want to rewatch again, but if you're into that kind of movie, I think that uh, it's probably a very good direction to go. I try to think about parents' feelings
0: when I think about all those parents that didn't have Disney Plus.
1: <laughs> so my number 2 is going to be Inception. Uh hold up. And Andrew, what is your number 1 movie? I think you kind of showed your hand a little <laughs> bit ago, but uh, tell us your number 1 movie. Hot Tub Time Machine.
0: Yeah, buddy. I
3: lo- I love this movie. I I want I can't wait to hear you talk about. It. Okay, so when this movie first came out, I'll be honest, I was more excited about the cast then the premise i kind of thought it was going to be one of those where you got a pretty good cast and it's probably just going to be stupid and that's okay i like a lot of movies like that and i think that this movie really did something a little deeper than that and it shines it's not just fun on a rewatch it shines on a rewatch whether or not it's uh the winter soldier being the bad guy yeah I actively get excited to rewatch this movie.
0: Like it's one of those things I have to keep myself from overwatching. So, like when I first saw Superbad, I laughed so hard that my stomach hurt at the end of the movie. I was actually begging the credits to end because the credits were funny. And I went back and rewatched Superbad, and it had lost a lot of guster. And this movie, I really have to like pace myself to not overwatch this because i still enjoy it that much
2: <laughs> yeah this is this is a comedy i'm on board for i could not take it out of my top 10 it is my number 10 but it's quotable it's the cast is great i love craig robinson anything he shows up in i'm just happy um
0: the the cusack the cusack parallels from his work in the 80s it's uh,
3: it's it's deliciously awesome
2: and crispin glover (laughs) that's what i
3: was that's what i was gonna say crispin glover like oh he doesn't he deserve just such a special you know that you know that's like he's his favorite character he's played basically like that's the one thing that he's played that he's like yeah anytime they want to like do that up again i'm down
1: i'm a huge cusack fan i'm a huge fan of comedies i love skiing and you know just so many things. My Venn diagram come together here. This is the perfect vehicle for Rob Corddry. He's really good in this. And uh, not just as being a funny jerk, but to to Andrew's point, there's actually well-constructed characters. It's a well-written movie, and for such a preposterous over-the-top premise, they really work they work it and they're playful with it, and just really good chemistry between Cusack, Craig Robinson, Rob Corddry, and Clark Duke. Che-
0: uh, and you get some Chevy Chase in there too. Like that was. I love Chevy. Yeah. That was like yeah, that such be- a good little accent to make a a good movie even better.
1: Absolutely,
0: they have wonderful references. It's it, a good
1: comedy, I think. Writes. At smaller fine-tuned levels and there's stuff that's happening in the background of this movie there's small things that you catch upon rewatch and that's why it's such a strong movie at rewatch most comedies don't achieve this level in my opinion and I mean it's crude it's over the top and that's gonna rub a few people the wrong way but I love it it's uh, it's irreverent and it's just so so funny and I I watch this one probably once every winter particularly around Christmas it's not a Christmas movie but just the fact that it has snow in it and starting to be cold outside I, So often, Mary and I will pop it in while we're wrapping presents, and it's just a big hit at our house. agree. uh, it's like it's cold outside. Put it in a topped-up time machine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, uh, Brian. What is your number one movie?
0: This is where I've got Inception. This was uh, one of the chain of Christopher Nolan take-my-money movies. I would say that if you take, you know, you take Batman out of it and. and some of his earlier work. This is really the founding piece that is making me look forward to his next movie so much. I, I just—it was a cool premise. I even like the stuff making fun of it because it's not even that it was unwarranted, but the stuff making fun of it's funny. So I, I've I've gotten so much joy out of every angle of this—the the the light-hearted, uh, you know, jabbing at it, but also the fact the movie was excellent.
2: Yeah, but that darn. Horn from the trailer is now in every single movie trailer. Could be a goat, man.
1: (laughs) 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 Inception is my number two movie. I absolutely love this. This is a visual feast. This is a mind bender. I love mind benders. It's very well written. It demands a second viewing. I have... This is probably the best movie for keeping me in the dark for as long as possible because I was pretty far in this movie before i got my feet under myself and normally a movie where i don't get my feet under myself that late i'm normally uh, probably normally not very well written to be honest with you and this is just this is just rewarding in all the right ways it's disorienting in all the most pleasing ways and it's uh it's very very creative and i'd like to see more stuff like this we we
0: got to talk about the cast real quick too yeah this cast i don't know who the casting person was for this i'm sure that's easy to look up but oh my god you can't get out of the top eight or nine without being like yes 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 yeah or yep okay if you haven't seen this movie and you read through the cast and you're like oh i'm a pass there's something wrong with you because this cast was phenomenal
2: i was sold it's like leonardo dicaprio and joseph gordon love it yep
0: Ellen Page, Tom Hardy, Cillian Murphy, Marion Colliard, Ken Watanabe, Michael Caine. Like, the, this cast was insane. And I actually think that it, this could be wrong, but wasn't this one of the big stepping stones to relaunching Gordon Lovett's career?
3: No, that was G.I. Joe.
2: Mm. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's this. It <laughs> I mean, he was
0: in, what, 10 Things I Hate About You... He was in Dark Knight Rises, but that was Mm. after this. 500 Days of Summer, yeah. I mean, this was really a big thing for him, like, for him re-blowing up. So, yeah, man, hats off to him.
1: I mean, Christopher Nolan is the master at telling a story in the most unconventional, not straightforward manner ever, and it's so rewarding. Uh, Chad, you haven't talked about this one as much, have you? Yeah,
2: we were talking about the cast, but this was one... I like movies where you have to pay attention and they kind of have a Chekhov's gun, but you really need to pay attention. He does twists and turns and there were a lot of people saying, oh, the ending was ambiguous and it absolutely wasn't. But even just the world building, you know, you see a little bit of this later on with Doctor Strange of the cities kind of folding in on each other, but Inception was the one that just mastered that and i still can't get past the cast fry's right this is just everyone nails their part and it's wonderful
1: yeah thrilling movie chad what's your number one movie of 2010 uh
2: we covered this in the podcast earlier this year uh russell's gonna disagree with me but scott pilgrim versus the world
1: i'm on board i do disagree with you but yeah it's okay but uh this is my number four yeah, tell us one more time the abbreviated, uh, the abbreviated version.
2: Check out the podcast if you want me to gush over it. This is actually in my top 10 movies of all time. It's a cult movie. It's going to check certain people's boxes. I grew up on these video game references. He's a bass player. There's a lot of like Streets of Rage, Street Fighter, Legends of Zelda references all over it. I enjoyed the graphic novels. Scott Pilgrim is just it's a movie I watch several times a year, and it makes me happy every single time. It's it's in such a strange place because I don't particularly like Michael Cera, but it's another one where you look through and the cast is great. Fry talked about young Chris Evans. Well, he's in this one too, and he has a very memorable role. It does drag a little bit with the evil X's. I do feel like there's some good editing that could have been done but you know what the villains are very memorable for the most part you get
0: great soundtrack
1: yeah
2: yeah absolutely great soundtrack and special effects
0: that that's the biggest talking point for me i love movies that really kill it with the soundtrack i own a sex bomb t-shirt so <laughs> it's um it's it's just one of those things that when i first saw it i was pleasantly surprised it was not something that i went into thinking this is going to be awesome I, I thought it had you know it had character but uh i ended up over enjoying it given the the amount of uh level that i wasn't expecting it to be so anyway yeah and you know now i'm in love with mary elizabeth wenstead
2: and yeah she's great in just about everything and she's kind of a chameleon like <laughs> agreed loved her in the thing remake.
3: Chad, were you having a particularly angsty 2010 because you've got tucker and dale versus evil and scott pilgrim versus the world and i feel like that maybe that's just telling (laughs) us something about where your mindset is at this point in time you're feeling like everything's against you or something like that you know if you you talk about your feelings a little bit
2: yeah if you put verses in the title andrews on to something i may like the movie so
1: (laughs) alien versus predator
2: i the first one yes
1: Andrew, did you see Scott Pilgrim?
3: I don't think I've seen this movie.
1: I'm 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 lukewarm on it, to be honest with you. It's somewhere in the middle. It's got some it's got it's very unique. There's nothing like it, and I think it's got a great soundtrack. It's stylistically schizophrenic. It changes its approach frequently. And if you're not in the reference zone as Chad was talking about, this movie's gonna leave you cold. Uh, I'm half my foot's halfway through that door, so I can appreciate parts of it, but other parts of it I'm not as into as uh Brian and Chad but uh, don't let that stop you from going back and revisiting that episode it was still a fun episode
0: yeah I actually think that I I would understand someone watching this movie and hating it
2: mm-hmm.
0: it, it there there are some leaps you have to take with it uh, stylistically it is an outlier on I think some people's comfort zones and if you're not all that nerdy I can see you being like this is trash so I I can understand some distaste for it or outright loathing of it you know from a certain avenue but man it just i i really got into it i thought it was very
2: unique brandon ralph super powered vegan just great little things like that (laughs) all right and i don't think anybody mentioned
1: this one in their top 10 my number one is going to be toy story 3
2: i had two animated features that didn't make it for me
1: i think the oscars nailed this right for the best animated feature but uh this is one that had a profound, like when I say a movie's touching, this movie is touching at another level. It's uh, It really taps back into your childhood and your own toys and, you know, that rite of passage as you grow up. And there is, there is um, it's bittersweet. And uh, this is a really, really fun adventure for all the Toy Story characters that we know. Very few series or franchises have this much gas left into them. By the third feature, especially something that's maybe a family feature or, or directed at children, you know, I mean, Cars Three, they're out of gas. But for Toy Story Three, this is this is as good as the first one, and it's more touching, in fact. So I'm not gonna lie, this one, this one is this one's a tearjerker. It's it's it is uh, it's a it's a really great movie, and the characters that you've grown to love continue to grow and that's that's just really impressive for me so uh it's top-notch and it's very funny too it's got a lot of you know it's got a lot of fun pop culture references that are going to hit through at different levels so kids are going to enjoy it but adults i think are going to actually enjoy this one more
2: yeah this is a tough one for me i i have an issue with pixar and it actually starts with this movie uh pixar just almost like they decided to stop having fun and start just seeing how many times they can make you cry during a movie Uh, they do this again with up and inside out and i'm more of a ratatouille or a wally guy i i like that i like the first toy story this one is oppressively sad and throughout the entire movie it was well done but i don't like how it makes me feel i want remy the rat cooking food um i i like um toothless the dragon just uh helping out hiccup things like that or so uh, up at least they make you cry in the first 10 minutes and then you're done the rest of it is just happy this one um yeah i i can't handle about three or four separate scenes and i refuse to watch it again
1: wow to me, they're happy tears, but like they're not, uh, they're not, uh, sad. I wouldn't call, I wouldn't quite call it sad, but definitely sentimental. Did Brian or Andrew, either of you guys do this one?
3: I haven't seen Toy Story. Well, I've seen Toy Story three, but Russ, the only thing I've got to say is my number one was in everybody's list. Fry's number one was in everybody's list. And Chad's was at least in somebody else's. And then you come out with Toy Story three. Are we sure did, Disney didn't try to do something here to, uh, Make sure that that ended up on the list. Seems a little suspicious.
2: It's not even the best Disney movie of the year. see Tangled. Yeah, did,
3: did you get paid off by Disney on this one, Russ? I
0: did not. I did not.
2: We will accept bribes, though. Um. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Uh, so just so you all know, if you all want to post any of us uh, uh, personally, uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll throw the game for you. <laughs> But uh, before we head
1: out, let's just do a quick uh, recap of honorable mentions. No description. Just what are some other fun honorable mentions for you, Andrew?
3: Uh, you know, all my honorable mentions actually got listed. Social Network, How to uh, Train Your Dragon. I think there was another one I had on there. they got So I'm 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 done. You guys are talking about all my honorable.
1: Mentions. Okay, Brian. What are your honorable mentions?
0: Uh, the American, Insidious, Devil, and Easy
3: mm,
2: A. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure Chad likes some of those. M. Night Shyamalan's Devil and uh... Finland's tro- troll hunter, or Nor- Norway. Dude, sorry, Devil was a,
0: a comeback movie for Shyamalan for me. Um, I was I was very skeptical of watching it. I definitely waited it for it to come out uh, and watched it for free. I think on a streaming service, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's what I'm talking about." Like he's got it there. He is capable of making that movie, but sometimes he chooses not to. <laughs>
1: I have a list of honorable mentions as well. I've got uh, The American, Guilty Pleasure, not going to lie, but I do enjoy it. Clash of the Titans, uh, Death at a Funeral, Shutter Island, uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Let Me In, and Alice in Wonderland.
0: I will say uh, real quick, uh, I do have two Guilty Pleasures. I put these apart from honorable mentions because they truly are Guilty Pleasures, and my two on that is Tron Legacy and Robin Hood, the Ridley Scott one. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Those are, yeah, the, that is not a popular pick with Robin Hood. I think, you know, Tron, Tron has its, uh, you know, cult following. So, Chad, do you want to help me pick a movie for next time? Absolutely. All right. Option one. We're going to go with some retro sci-fi here, some classic sci-fi. Uh, from 1951, the day the Earth stood still. An alien lands and tells people of Earth that they must live peacefully or be destroyed as a danger to other planets. Option two. From 1956, the Forbidden Planet. A Starship crew goes to investigate the silence of a planet's colony, only to find two survivors and a deadly secret that one of them has. And option three, from 1951, when worlds collide, a new star planet sorry, a new star and planet hurtle towards a doomed Earth. A small group of survivalists frantically work to complete a the rocket which will take them to their new home.
2: All right. Well, we should check out all of those, but I'm gonna go with Forbidden Planet.
1: All right, Forbidden Planet it is. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us on this. Thanks for having me. It's been a
3: blast as usual.
1: Can't wait to come back again. All right, and remember, all the Lords, Days, and Nights, the Retro Movie Roundtable. We invite you to look out or to reach out to us. We want to hear from you, so subscribe, rate, and review to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Those subscriptions help us and they help others find the show. So give us a like on Facebook, follow us at t- on Twitter at underscore retro, email us at retromovieroundtable@yahoo.com, at yahoo.com, and check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash retromovieroundtable. As always, thank you for listening, be good to each other, and watch more
0: movies. Brian? You're going to lose that arm. I don't care if you put that arm in a steel fucking vault, that arm's coming off.